Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric DeLau. Phil, tough day here in Broncos country. Tough loss to swallow, especially any time you get uh, swept for this season by your rivals, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, five out of the last six to the Raiders have been losses. And unlike some of the other ones, Phil, it felt like the Broncos should have won this game, especially the way things went kind of at the end of the first half. It was right there for the taking. Yes, at halftime you have the lead. You're feeling pretty good about things. But the Broncos did not score in the second half. No. And in general, the offense just not good enough against the Raiders. And uh, now the Broncos uh, are sitting at 7-8. and eight. The playoff chances, Eric, it would take... It would take a New Year's miracle. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, I always try to find, like, this team needs to win, this team needs to lose. It's The, the odds are so minuscule now because of the Broncos' conference record. That's what it ultimately comes down to and their division record. And because, the strength of victory. You cannot, essentially, before anything else, you get ranked based on how you are in your division. And so if yeah. the Broncos finish with the same record as, like, the Raiders, for example they got no chance now because the Raiders have the head-to-head. And so even if you win these last two, in all likelihood, unless some sort of miracle miracle happens. miracle. A New Year's, a week after New Year's miracle. A week after New Year's miracle. But I think something like 0.3%. It's kind of time to start looking ahead to 2022. Yeah. Uh, We'll uh, talk about this uh, Raiders game a whole bunch here on this episode. We'll also uh, just talk about where the state of the Broncos are right now, you know. Playoffs or no playoffs, uh, what would a winning record mean for this Broncos team? You know, I think that there's a lot to get into there just about where, where's the organization right now because there's been a lot of talk about, uh, especially uh, earlier today from Vic Fangio, Garrett Bowles, saying this team is close. Uh, we'll dive into are they really that close and, uh, you know, how, how much talent is there on this team for them to be talking about playoffs and that type of thing. Uh, you think that uh, a winning record would mean something? Yeah, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean anywhere near as much as a, a playoff berth would, but I think there's something to be said for if you can get a winning record because that would, that would also mean knocking off the Chiefs for the first that time in, what, 12, 13 tries. I mean, to, to get that over with going into 2022 would be nice, not have to talk about that anymore. It would mean that you now have a 5-1 and one record yeah. since the start of 2019 against the Chargers. Uh, th- that to me suggests something, but and there is something to be said. I think that hey, just this team hasn't had a winning record since 2016. It's important to get back in that uh, on that side of the ledger. But ultimately, fill around here. We know it's playoffs or bust. It's Super Bowl or bust, and so it's nice. But it's kind of, it's kind of a moral victory in some ways. Yeah, exactly. But I think that it could signify uh, uh, things heading in the right direction. Maybe something like that. So. We'll get into that, and then uh, uh, I think that uh, we should probably start by talking about Drew Locke a little bit in the performance uh, against the Raiders, where he's at in his career right now, what the situation is going to be like moving forward for these next two games, uh, where where do the Broncos sit at the quarterback position, because it's going to be kind of an interesting week. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to play. Drew Locke said on Sunday night, I'm assuming I'm the quarterback until I'm told otherwise. Yeah. Vic Fangio kind of echoed that. He said it differently, but he essentially said Teddy's not playing. 
unless we hear differently. So yeah. same result, different way of framing it. Uh, but, yeah, Drew Locke could get another chance this week. And yeah. I feel a little bit bad for Drew Locke the way things panned out. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't perfect by any means, but he didn't turn the ball over. He that had, was one of my bold predictions. No turnovers. Yeah. No turnovers. Yeah, what did Drew you Locke. say? You said I said no turnovers yeah. from Drew Lockett. Boom, it came true. Boom, came true. We thought they would. The Broncos would win. We did. We did. But I, I think that there were several plays that if you know if Cortland Sutton is able to get to the sticks, if Jerry Judy catches a pass, if Albert O catches a pass, you're talking about Drew Lock's performance very differently. Hard he, to play that what if game, huh? It is. He just didn't get. Nobody did him any favors, but he yeah. also didn't. They weren't quite consistent enough. You know, they couldn't build off anything. I think 40-something plays. It's just you watch the Raiders at times during that game or or any team really, like the Chiefs against the Steelers, and you're like, gosh, it's really easy for them to move the ball. Yeah. And it just every time the Broncos try to get yards, it's like pulling teeth. It is. The offense is just not good enough. I mean, No, not right now. That's what we heard from a lot of guys after the game. The offense is just not good enough. So that's what we'll be talking about on this show here. Uh, uh, We should mention that we are coming to you from Breckenridge Brewery's farmhouse. We're working on making it a farm home. Trying and, to make it a farm home, especially and, this time of year. And, Phil, I know people always care about what we have to say, but tonight this place is packed. It is. This place is hopping tonight. It's, it's hopping. nice to see. It's nice to feel. We couldn't get in, and then Roya came out and was like, they're with me. Yeah. Roya Burton, of course, podcast supervisor. And they just – And they're yeah. like, oh, come in. Yeah. Ben and Swanson's it, still outside trying to get inside. Ben Swanson cannot get in. No. It's a tough ticket this this time of year. Yeah. You know, there's uh, obviously our show, and then there's all these beautiful uh, decorations. It's cozy in here. It's nice. You know? It's nice. It is almost a farm home. We're trying to take our proper precautions, Phil. We're a little spaced out. Probably not, yeah, we should mention that. Not we are quite like, six feet, but yeah. close enough. Maybe four and a half. Uh, we're distanced. Uh, this is, like, about as far as I can be away from <laughs> Exactly. I'm still your everything. Yeah, you know? exactly. But uh, from the other patrons, we're at least like 20 feet away. Yeah, that's right. So trying to be safe. We're trying to be safe. Crazy times out there right now. It is. If you look at some of the other leagues, Eric, like college basketball, some of these bowl games, the NHL. I think 106 players, really NFL players today, placed on the COVID list. Including uh, Mike Purcell. Yep. Uh, Andre Mintz. Yep. There's one other guy. Jonathan Harris on the practice Jonathan squad. Harris, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, everybody. It, interestingly enough, the Raiders had a bunch of people placed on the list this morning, including four defensive starters. You almost wonder if they had been placed on the list yesterday. Would oh. the game have been a little different? Oh, it does make you wonder a little yeah. bit, huh? Very interesting. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the neutral zone, there's several ways that you could do that. Uh, the one way that we like the best is probably voicemail. That's right. How do you do that, Eric? You call in to 707-NEUTRAL. You leave a voicemail. And that's your phone number? Or that's no, it's kind of like Ben Swanson's burner. But you don't have to talk to anybody. You go, you straight, to to voicemail, you go straight to voicemail. You leave a message. We'll play it on the air. Yeah. But, Phil, if you, maybe, nice. maybe you're like uh, in a library. You don't want to yell. You, yeah, and you can't call in. Got it. How There's you? another way. Neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Yeah, you could leave an email there. Leave an email. We'll read it. Probably. That's a nice way to do it. John Jornad, he loves to do that. That's right. He we left us an email uh, today, I think. Yeah, he was saying that uh, it's hard to be a Broncos fan right now. He He's from Milwaukee. He conveniently, John conveniently brought up that he's Milwaukee. a Packers fan as well. Interesting. Eric, maybe. Maybe John, the <laughs> hey, John Jornot. Uh, I'm just reading the tea I'm not leaves, saying, I'm just I'm not, saying. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
you can also get in contact with us directly at Eric Doala with an A. You posted something tonight, right? Yeah, if uh, yeah. people send some questions in, yep. we'll be answering those. I know our friend Cody Rourke. Oh, Cody, yeah. yeah. He, he sounds uh, a lot like Adam Schefter. That's right. Also, two friends on the show, really. Cody Rourke and Adam Schefter. Yeah, yeah that's right. Let's see. we got a couple other ones rolling oh. in that we'll get to. Brandon, Brandon from Iowa, of course. Brandon from Iowa, our Coming good friend. In. Yeah, so. of course. That's a great way to get in touch with the show. That's right. We try to answer. Tom Agnetti does a great job that yep. way. Coming. We wish us a Merry Christmas. Of course, we say Merry Christmas to Tom as well. Yep. Uh, Phil Milani also. That's right, with a PH. A little bit more. Non-traditional spelling. Yeah, I was going to say, harder to find. That's right. Yeah, just too non-traditional. Something spelling. I liked, Phil. Brandon from Iowa and Tom Agnetti interacted with each other on yes. Twitter. That's the goal of the neutrals. Yeah. Yeah. We're bringing people together. It's less about the, the episode and the content and more about the friends we make along the way. Yes. You know. Very true. And uh, you could also, if you're watching on YouTube, just smash that subscribe button. That's right. Not live this week. We're not live this week. Who's no. fa- that, I think that, that the elf on the shelf lost the live view that we I used to broadcast live. No, it's I okay. I can own that one. That's okay. Sorry. Maybe Sorry. it's like uh, kind of like I, the kick at the end of the third quarter. It's like... Not your fault, not my fault, just yeah, happened. It just happened. I, I just thought maybe there'd be so many people here at the brewery that were like... They were we chanting your name. That we're live in person. Yeah, that's right. We're here, of course, every Monday from 6 to 7 on the dot. On the dot. And uh, you could come join us and be a part two, of this. Cozy two atmosphere. more episodes from here. from here for this season. Yeah. Who knows where it'll be next, next year. I heard... Uh, I think they're building us something here, right? Rockefeller Center was interested yeah. in flying us out. Eric, uh, Maybe you know, the Pepsi early, Center. Earlier in the year, we used to do this outside. Outside, before it, it got nice. a little too chilly. And there was some strobing lights. Yep, that was nice. It kind of looked like uh, your report from uh, Allegiant <laughs> Stadium yesterday. That's right. I did a report yeah. live on the field. Yeah. And uh, doing it, I think I was doing a nice job. And then all you of are. a sudden, the lights just turn off, you and they're, they're going crazy. That didn't they're affect celebrating you. Celebrating a win. In. No, a professional just keeps talking about. There was so much. Yeah, you're a professional. So many bad things to talk about. I just kept going. You were locked in. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that was part of the Broncos post game show. People were throwing things at me. Yeah. Probably getting a. This is a little bit of a hot take. I wasn't all that impressed with the Raiders Stadium. Oh, what? Really? Really. Wow. It was fine. But maybe from a media perspective, you didn't like the logistics? I didn't like the logistics, but also just it was a little, like, sterile. Really? Yeah. A lot of Broncos fans made their way A lot of Broncos there, huh? fans, which was nice. Yeah. I just I expected a little bit more. It had been really hyped up. Did it look like the Death Star from outside? From outside, yeah. It did. But inside, like... You get a little scared they, they or did, no? They did a pre-game or, like, uh, intro video, and they, like, tried to lower the lights, but it, it was still, like, bright in there. It oh, wasn't... because of the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, the ceiling is a roof. The roof, you know? as as Michael Jordan would say. Yeah, you I mean, raise the ceiling. if I were if I were like ranking stadiums, certainly not I, in the top ten. Really? No. Uh, wow. I think That's maybe I, to me. I maybe put it in the bottom ten. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say there was something special about going to the Coliseum in was, Oakland. It kind of it was set disgusting. The vibe. Yeah, but it was like a fun gonna, place to it go. Felt like the Raiders. You'd walk out there on the field and like the. The ground was just disintegrating Moist. beneath you. Yeah, it, uh, re- it, had, it was like, always rain, a little like soggy, humid. Yeah, there were rats in the press box. Yeah, true story. Tough element. They found elements. a rat in the soda yeah. machine. Yes, 
And there was also one time there was a, a rat in the press box following the Raiders by week. So it had been in there. Yeah, long time. Long time. Yeah. You didn't have any of those. No, it was nice and clean. And it did have an open-air press box, which I like. I love an Get to hear. Uh, but, like, I was expecting, like, something like a Minnesota. Oh, you know, really nice. Like, re- that might be the. That one's I don't nice. know how much people care about stadiums. But we anyway. could do a whole show on stadium rankings. I'm excited to see SoFi time. going there for the first time yeah. this weekend for the Chargers game. Yeah. Knock that on one. wood. Got to skip the, the for Omicron sure. for a week. <laughs> yeah, stay away. But. Eric, let's dive into our first topic here on uh, this episode of the Neutral Zone, and that's talking about this Broncos-Raiders game. Broncos losing 17-13. Drew Locke got the start. Eric, uh, just wondering what your thoughts are and how things played out there. It, to me, it did not look like the Broncos had that sense of urgency, like if we win Ooh. this, we still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Didn't play maybe with that Certainly not on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, okay. they, they took some shots down the field. They just couldn't connect on them. Like early in the game, Drew Locke throws it down the sideline to Cortland Sutton. Cortland's got to get a couple feet inbounds there. That's a that's a big play if yeah. they're able to make it. And, and I thought they were aggressive enough. The, uh, the issue was that the ground game that's kind of been like your bread and butter just wasn't, anywhere, wasn't anywhere close to good enough. Not good when Drew Locke is the second-leading rusher. That's correct. I think, what did he have, 10 yards rushing? 10 yards. That was second. And he had the two longest rushes of the day. That's not good. No. That third down play where he was running, not good. On that, this was, uh, I think, what, fourth quarter maybe? That that was before the fourth fourth and and one. It felt to me if he just kept going to the sideline, he probably gets it. Like he kind of cut up a little bit. No, no, no. I thought he should have cut up. Oh, okay. Because he started getting into the sideline, and he's just not going to win a sprint. Okay. He should have cut up. Should have gone fast. Okay. Just try to get. Got it. Hard to tell from the. That's what happened. Normally in a press box, they have uh, the TV copy is behind the action on the field. So you kind of watch. Yeah. Then you look up. It was at the same time. It was at the same time. And so too, you, you never really, good. you never got, <laughs> yeah, you never got a look at the. Too good. Well, and the other thing is, as ours, Phil, there's rules that you can't tweet what happened True. before it goes out on television. Oh. And so in the Denver press box, you can look and say, like, okay, it just went out. I can now That's tweet true. that they scored a touchdown. This game, you, you have no, no idea. idea. No idea. Felt bad. You don't want to spoil it for people. You want to watch. People are just refreshing. Yeah. Like, you know, well, you got TweetDeck maybe. Not a sponsor. Could be. Um, no, I, I thought Drew played played fine. You know, he, uh, I, did, I think that Drew did exactly what was asked of him. It was, uh, I'll say this, Eric, it was more exciting. The offense was like a, had a little bit of a an edge to it that felt like Drew's personality. He did not turn the ball over. He got the he he gave his playmakers some opportunities. Uh, I thought that Drew did exactly what was asked of him. I agree. I still don't know that because with Drew, it's less about like to me at least, it's less about can he be a guy that kind of like manages the game and more does he have the potential to be. A franchise guy, yeah, because that's that's what that was not a franchise guy playing yesterday. That was man. Let's manage. No, that game. was managing the game, which I, st- I think is what was asked of him. It was asked of him, but I, I still don't see. I didn't see something that suggested to me like, "Hey, there's a chance that this could really like be an option Moving for the future." Forward. I and, don't think so either. I think so, scored 13 points, and yeah. seven of those came from Bradley Chubb. 
Yes. So they, yeah, they did not score a touchdown. They essentially. did not score a touchdown. The one they from one yard out, and I, yeah. I was unsure if they were going to score from there. Yeah, I I did have a thought where Brett, when Bradley did not get in, I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, and so you know, good for Drew to go out there and do what they wanted. I think he's putting good tape out there for for whether it's the Broncos or somebody else. But uh, I still get the sense that as you move forward, the Broncos need more from that position. Yes, I agree. I agree. They just need a little bit something extra. And Because you, you look around the league and you see some of these guys, like Joe Burrow yesterday, for example, just absolutely incredible. Yeah. And obviously it's hard to find one of those guys. Otherwise, everyone would do it. But when you have one of those players, you're going to be good no matter what. Yes. And if you can find somebody that's even kind of the tier below – with the talent that the Broncos have, yeah. you're probably a contender. Yeah. And the Broncos just need a little bit more. The quarterback's like that position that raises all boats. Broncos need someone that raises people a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the offense didn't play good enough yesterday. I mean, just No, and yeah, it wasn't just true. We should be yeah. fair. Offensive line I mean, didn't block well. There was one play that I think they had just – Drew had thrown a nice pass to maybe Tim Patrick or something. Next play, Dalton Reisner whiffs on a block in the yep. backfield. And I think it was Melvin Gordon gets tackled for like a loss of four. It was yeah. second and two, and he gets tackled for a loss of four yards. And it's like you could tell in his body, body language, he was just like, "What do you? What am I supposed to do, Melvin? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah." There was some frustration building there. There, and there was a lot of time. The Broncos were just kind of like stuck between the the forties, almost. Yeah. Like they would make that play to get to the fifty yard line, and they just couldn't get closer. Yeah. The defense. Uh, had a nice day. Three turnovers, but could not get the stop when they needed it at the end. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the defense's best day. No. Because they gave up 160 yards on the ground, especially in the second half. Give up a long touchdown drive. Give up another drive before the strip sack. But I think the sign of a good defense is that when you're not having your best day, you still find a way to, to make plays. And yeah. it was their most takeaways of the season. They still held them to 17 points. And th- th- there was this conversation on Twitter like, well, Vic Fangio's defense, it, the points per game looks good, but they l- allow too many long drives. No, if you allow 17 points a game, you should you should win a lot of football yes. games, certainly more than the Broncos have won. That should have been enough yesterday. Yes, especially you're going on the road. You're facing uh, Derek Carr. Hunter Renfro made a, a tremendous catch uh, over was, Curry yeah. Jackson. That was a really nice play there. Uh, I just think that... Asking to to do more than 17 points for the defense, it, that's just asking too much. They had the takeaways. They set up uh, that long Brandon McManus field goal that he missed. I mean, it was just not good enough, not clean enough. And this, this Broncos team has a very thin margin of error. That kind of leads us into our next topic here on this episode of the Neutral Zone, and that is just where is this organization right now because – uh, I think at the beginning of the season, definitely high playoff hopes for this team. You know, uh, I think that the way the roster was constructed, you had Teddy Bridgewater coming in, a veteran at the quarterback position. This defense was loaded. There was a lot of playmakers out there. I think the sense was this was the year to make the playoffs to the Broncos. It looks like going to be falling short. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, was the schedule, right? You had a fourth-place schedule, and so you got all these teams that – were the fourth place teams and the Broncos did beat all those teams so it's yeah. not like they didn't take advantage of that but against kind of the next tier they just haven't really been good enough I think three and seven against that group of teams I might have fallen actually to three and eight now um, and so you just kind of think 
where is this team? I do think you heard some guys talk about it. You heard Vic Fangio talk about it. I think the talent is good enough. I think you just need, like, to me, I don't look at this roster and see a place where, like, there's a, a clear lack of talent. I will say you need more production out of the quarterback position, as we talked about. And I do think whether it's, you know, Pat Shermer who returns and finds a way to kind of, you know, revitalize this offense or it's somebody new, you've got to find a way to get more production out of the offense, find a way to put your players in position to succeed, get the ball to some of your playmakers. I mean, Jerry Judy had some opportunities yesterday and could have had one more, but it came on like three or four catches. You needed a little bit more or a lot more from all those guys. And so maybe maybe a, a fresh start, whether it's reimagining what the scheme is or with, you know, fresh play callers or whatever it might be I think the pieces are in place like this to me doesn't feel like you're still years away now the Broncos could make some choices that could make it take longer like if you go out and get a rookie quarterback for example you're probably looking at another season where you're, you're not s- sure where you're seven and ten you're eight and nine maybe you play really well and you get to that nine yeah. and eight ten and seven but whenever you have a rookie quarterback it's always a little bit you're not iffy. sure but if they were to go get a veteran, it's possible this team could be right in the mix next year. It's everyone looks at this team, I think, nationally and thinks they're they're a piece away at the quarterback position. Yeah, I would say that's probably the national perspective. You know, the interesting thing to me, Eric, is that so many people talk about this team being so talented. Well, talented teams just aren't seven and eight right now. You know, that's just a fact of the matter. And well, they do have talent. But this team is not talented enough. I mean, for whatever reason. And it could be just one position. Yeah, I'll push back on that because I think that, like, the defense is talented enough and they're number one in scoring defense. The offense has a lot of talent, but the positions at which they're talented are dependent on another position. Yeah, I mean, talented teams don't score six points. Well, right, but it's it's, it's hard when you. They just don't. Right, but when your talent is at the wide receiver position and your talent is at the tight end position or at the running back position, the reason the Broncos have been good running the ball, I think, is because one-on-one, Javante Williams is hard to bring down. Yeah, That doesn't matter who's under center. Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Albert O, they need somebody to get him the ball. They need a scheme that's going to put him in position to succeed. And so to me, I think you could see, like, look at some of the wide receiving cores, for example, that, like, Tom Brady had success with in New England. Those guys were nowhere near as talented as this Broncos offense. You, and I obviously mean, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback or most accomplished quarterback to ever play the game, but there are guys out there to do a lot more with a lot less. And so I don't, to me, I don't think this is a talent issue. To, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the, uh, there's a little bit of a nuanced idea of the, describing a guy with potential to be super talented versus actually talented because like some of these guys have a lot of potential to be really good i'm talking about guys like noah fant uh jerry judy corlin sutton those guys have the ability yeah and i would i would label that more as potential because corlin sutton has the potential to be really good but the stats don't back that up as talent no at least right now i think you're talking more about talent versus production yeah. Like, talent is it's ability. Just, I, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, you're talking about drop passes for touchdowns. I mean, Corlin We're Sutton, talking about Corlin Sutton had, a, had a 1,400-yard oh. season, 1,300-yard season. 
had that huge. I mean, yeah. Albert O has a lot of potential, but he dropped that pass yesterday. I mean, well, but I, I also think that you watch. I, I don't want to just use like some of the league's best offenses, but you watch the Packers, for example. Devontae Adams drops a couple of key passes it doesn't matter. on a drive. It doesn't matter because they have more opportunities. They're not, they don't have these critical negative plays, and if they do, they have the opportunity to come back from it. They're making enough plays throughout the course of the game that it kind of makes up for that. The Broncos' issue right now is that there are so few chances to make these plays that the Jerry Judy play, the Albert O play, those stand out as like critical moments in the game because there weren't any other critical moments in the game. If, yeah. they, if they move the ball better just on average, or they yeah. had more opportunities to make those plays, you would look at that and be like, okay, that well, that... wasn't that big a deal. Right. And for some other teams, they overcome those plays. And, you know, I think we've seen the Broncos' defense last year, the year before, no margin for error really anywhere on the team. This year, the Broncos' defense has a margin for error. You give up a touchdown, but you, you know, you force three turnovers. Like, that's kind of making up for what's gone wrong. The Broncos' offense right now, they get four or five chances the entire game to make these plays, yeah. and so when they don't make them, it looks like you know, hey, this this Albert O thing is a disaster. This Jerry Judy is a disaster. It's not great, but in the grand scheme of things, other teams they have those plays too. They just also make the plays. So, so I think if I, what I'm saying, what I'm hearing from you is that there is talent there. It's just that it's really dependent upon the quarterback. I think it's dependent on the quarterback. And then there needs to be, you know, I don't know what it is, if it's using those guys the right way, because we've seen Noah Fant have impacts on games. You know, when he's coming across the field, I think back in 2019, his rookie year, they ran a lot of plays like they did against uh, Cleveland, where he had that 75-yard touchdown. But those, those plays, though, or those seasons, like with Sutton, those happen with maybe less than the quarterback production they're getting this year. Well, but it's a, it's a mix of quarterback and the scheme. And so for whatever reason, that scheme maybe fit the talent better. And even this year, like, there were times in the season against Pittsburgh, against Jacksonville, the plan, Jerry Judy was not healthy at that time, the plan was just throw it up to Corlin Sutton. Yeah. The issue to me, Phil, because this will happen next year, knock on wood, you hope everyone's healthy, but the Broncos have been pretty healthy this year. They lost their two starting linebackers, and they lost K.J. Yeah. Hamler. Otherwise, they've all been like injuries that people have come back from. Yeah. They are going to have seasons over the next where few years where up. they lose more critical players, and so it's not a great sign to me that everybody's healthy yeah. and this is still, still happening. Like yeah. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Cortland, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Albert O. Those guys yeah. are all healthy. Yeah. And still this is happening. And so that to me, that's to me is like the, the bigger concern is how do you figure this out yeah. in a way that when you don't have those guys, you can still make plays. And I just think that, listen, it's an, e it's an easy excuse to say the quarterback play has to be better because there are teams that I think have comparable play to Teddy Bridgewater's quarterback play and have been more successful. Yeah. The Broncos haven't found that. Like it's not, yeah. I don't want you to suggest that it's all on the quarterback. Because Teddy Bridgewater, you know, when he played at a similar level, not quite as good, in 2014, they made the playoffs. They went 11 and five. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater is having like a career year. Yeah. So, for uh, for whatever reason, it's not all just clicking together. Because one way you could also think about this, Eric. Sometimes I like to think a little different. 
you know, just to have a different perspective on something. Say, like, the playoffs, remove that from the discussion and just say, okay, they're not going to make the playoffs, but let's just remove that and just look at the play on the field. It's just not good enough. You know, I mean, that's one way. Yeah, offensively, yes. The defense is very good other than not being able to stop the run in the second half. But Which, in the grand scheme of things, like, not being able to stop the run is like very low on a defense's priority list these days in the NFL. And they had corrected it because they had an issue against the uh, Browns on Thursday night. They had, you know, patched that hole, and the, things were really solid yeah. there. And you got to credit the Raiders for making a halftime adjustment there and being like, we're going to run the ball now. Josh Jacobs had a career day. Yeah, but, I mean, and it's it's tough too because they didn't have Darren Waller, they yeah, didn't have Henry Ruggs. Like that was not a full strength Raiders team. So if you just look at a play on the field, you're like, this team still has some issues. But uh, of course, but I think you know, you look at the Jets, you look at the Texans. No, they did beat the Chargers on Sunday. You look at some of these other teams. You're like, they're still a long way off. This team doesn't this, feel like this that. team is despite everything that has gone wrong, was still right in the mix. I'll say this about the Broncos. Their wins have been very convincing. Yeah. Their losses are the ones that have been very close. You know, those are the ones that have been Which is a good sign. You talk about that Browns game. You talk about the Bengals game. You talk about the Raiders game, this last one. If any of those go the opposite way, you're talking about a team that's right in the mix, and I guess that's what this league is all about. I think the Broncos are 1-4 in four in one-possession games. Yeah. And if you expand it back the last couple of years, it's similar. They've not been very yeah. good in one-possession games. To me, that speaks a little bit, again, to the quarterback position because when you're in a one-possession game that goes back and forth, the best quarterbacks tend to play their best at the, right end of, the end. at the end yep. of a game. Yep. Uh, but it also, I think, speaks to a little bit of luck. Yeah. Like, the Broncos, for example, in 2015, won yes. 11 games. Of five points or less or something. Like that. Yeah, I think yeah. something like that. One possession. And so it should balance out a little bit, but they've got to – it's a quarterback league, you yeah. know. Yeah. They've got to be better there. Yeah, I mean, you talk about teams that are winning big games right now. You're talking about their quarterback play. You're like, oh, gosh, did you see Josh Allen yeah. the other day? Did you see Joe Burrow the other day? You're not talking, oh, like, did you see that offense? Right. Or, You're saying or if it's, you know, quarterback. Or if it's a certain offense, you know, like, I don't know, for example, if Jimmy Garoppolo is a lot more talented than Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know that. I think yeah, you can make the argument, I but I don't, I don't. But no, I don't Kyle Shanahan's so. system before this past week, they yeah. won like five of the last six That's and true. put him in position to succeed. Yeah. And so. I guess we'll find out because Jimmy G is now the hurt. Thumb. Yep. So we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I think you're right. you got to have something that gives gives your team an edge. For the Broncos, when they were winning, it was the running game. The Which, past two weeks, they've really – opposing defenses have focused on that. And it's – I think it's hard to win consistently with the running game. You know, it's, it's not impossible, and the Broncos have tried to do it, but you're never going to – you're not yeah. often going to blow people out that way. Yeah. You know, people kind of stay in games. I've been kind of negative today. Yeah. Should we get a – I got a positive question here. I've been kind of negative, Eric. I, I don't like it. Because I, I agree. This team is close. But I, it just bugs me when everybody says, this is a really talented team. And I'm like, sometimes you got to look at it and just say, look, like, t- really talented teams aren't 7 and 8 right now. So – 
that that's my only point. But like we just talked about, the quarterback position is maybe counts like three or four times as much. Yeah. Okay, let's get a positive one. Let's, let's get, get a positive question. Um, well, you want to stay negative or you want to go positive? No, positive. Okay, positive. Our, friend, our friend Cody Rourke, who we mentioned earlier. I love Cody Rourke. He wants to know one. what is one area that's been most impressive about the team this season? I would say the young guys. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I do think that the Broncos have uh, a cornerstone cornerback, uh, a franchise guy who's going to be here for a very long time. And Pat Sertan the second, uh, he's showing that he's everything the Broncos thought that he was coming into the into the NFL. Um, if it wasn't for Micah Parsons having this crazy year, I do think that Pat Sertan would have been right in the mix for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think Javante Williams has lived up to all of his potential. He's been as advertised. I think Quinn Miners has come in there. And you haven't even really noticed a huge drop-off at that guard position. So I think uh, Baron Browning has come in and played really well. Uh, that's a lot for a guy to come in and just be thrown into the middle of the defense and asked to do everything. He's been really good. He's been a lot more athletic than I thought he was. Caden um, Stearns has been pretty good. I, I do think that there's a, a solid core of rookies that a couple years from now they're going to be playing really well. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Cooper is a, Jonathan a Cooper, good, valuable yeah, edge rusher. Yeah, I think one thing is that, not really on the field, but George Payton has been as advertised. We heard Vic Fangio talk glowingly about him today. said he's been around a lot of GMs, including Hall of Famers, and he, he thinks George Payton stacks up well. Vic Fangio pretty much said George Payton's going to be a Hall of Famer. did not say That's that. That's kind of what he said. He said he's been around Hall of Famers and that George is really good. And George's moves have been good. I mean, if you look at his in-season moves, Traded for Jonas yes. Griffith. Jonas, Jonas Griffith, Griffith. He filled in well. Uh, you know, trades for Kenny Young. That was impressive. That I mean, Kenny Young, kind of a you could tell how much he was missed. We've just got Thank a you. new round of bevies uh, here. It's. I think it's officially a farm, a farm home. home. <laughs> this is a farm <laughs> home. Officially a farm <laughs> home. Yeah, <laughs> we've made it. Yeah. Um, you know, not all of the free agent moves worked out perfectly. Like like the Kyle Fuller move, yeah, not great. Mike Boone hasn't made as big of an impact, but but Kyle Fuller kept him alive, you know, when they you, had some injuries and they needed him to be available. And so George Payton to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is just we a got, tremendous service. This is uh, the Christmas ale ho- ho- aged in uh, bourbon barrel. Yeah, I think it was something holiday ale or something. It's uh, ho- really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, listen, you traded Von Miller, which I think in retrospect a good decision. It has looked like that was a smart move. You're going to have an extra second-round pick, extra third-round pick. A lot of capital. A lot of capital. And they can use that in many ways. Trade for a veteran, trade for a, uh, you know, trade up for a young guy. But the fact of the matter is they're going to have the ability to do that. And, and then also George can just make picks if he wants. And from what we've seen, George Payton making picks is a good thing. I'd be excited to watch him draft a quarterback. So off the field, George Payton has been uh, really, really good. I, I think with him in charge here, uh, you got to feel really, really strong about how the Broncos are moving forward. Yeah. Uh, cheers to George Payton. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, George. Uh, okay, you got another question? Well, I was going to give my answer to the question. I thought you just did. That was George Payton. I was... 
You I just was, like to talk. I was Bill. <laughs> well, you just, just like to go on and on. You're over there drinking over your here. holiday yeah. ale. Sorry, let me check out for the next 10 minutes here. Yeah, and okay. You just talk about your answer. My other thing is that Goodness Vic gracious. Fangio's defense has been as advertised. And I know fans are, are annoyed, they're upset, they're angry about how the last three years have gone. I'd be really hesitant if I were a fan to be like, let's get rid of Vic because you have all this talent on the defensive side that you've invested in, and this is a guy that knows how to use it. He's shut down Patrick Mahomes. He's 4-1 and one against the Chargers, and I think 2-1 uh, and one against Justin Herbert. We'll see how it goes this weekend. And so, to me, if you can fix the offense, there's something to be said for keeping that defense the way it is because, listen, yes. it's no guarantee that if you change defensive play callers that you're not going to fall back to, like, the 10th or 15th best defense, and then at that right. point, it's kind of what, like a, what's your calling card? If you're like in a rowboat, Eric, okay? Oh, okay. And yeah. there's a hole. Uh-huh. I would say that if you're describing the Broncos as a rowboat, the offense is a little bit of a hole in this boat, right? Sure. You don't want to take the cork out from the defensive side and put it in the offensive side and then create another problem. Yeah. That's... That's the analogy I would think about with this, is that you don't want to fix one problem uh, and then create a different one. I, I would just think about it that way heading into the offseason. Now, are there, are there things that need to improve? Like, you can probably find a way to improve at challenges, some of the game management things that we've talked about at times. Yes. But, listen, Vic Fangio is going to get a job in five seconds if he's not with the Broncos next year. Uh, as a defensive coordinator. Correct. Oh, he would be the best defensive coordinator in the league. And so, to me, to me, when you have it, Patrick Sertan, you've invested in Justin Simmons, you know, you you have Bradley Chubb, you have the fifth-year option, you have Ronald Dart. Like, you've got all this I talent. Know. You want someone that knows how to use it. Joe Burrow yesterday threw for, like, 500 million yards. 525, I think. 525. The, a week earlier, I guess, this Broncos defense, he looked. I think it was. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. It was the fourth highest, I think, ever. Might have been the fourth highest of the season, but I don't think that that the makes any sense. I think yeah. 525 is a but fourth highest But a week earlier ever. against this Broncos team, not even average. close to the same guy. Less no. than average. If team. it were not for one busted coverage that kind of came on like yeah. a fluky he would play. He 100 yards. Yeah. I think he threw for like 152 yards. There's this stat right now about what teams do the week before they play the Broncos and after versus when they play Denver. Justin Herbert, same thing. The next week he just went crazy. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts did the same thing. Mahomes both times in Kansas City has not beaten you. Listen, I, I think there's something to be said that if you get a guy in place that can make this offense go, whether that's you know whether that's at the quarterback spot, the play caller spot, whatever, we'll have to see what they decide to do. But the, I wouldn't mess with a defense. You just got to fix the offense. Because there's only a couple guys in the league that I think are as good or could do the same thing. Yeah, very, very few. Vic is very talented defensive play caller. Yeah. Uh, very talented. It, it speaks to his uh, veteran presence. You know, he's been in the league for so long, pulls the right strings. He's obviously got a talented roster on that side of the ball, but he's doing this without a pass rush. Talent? They're 7-8. They're and eight. On the defensive side I'm talking about. I'm talking talented about. defenses don't go 7-8, and eight, though. Some do. This is a talented defense, and I think that Von Miller is still their second is second in sacks on the team. Draymond Wrong. Jones, Draymond Jones is first, right? Wrong. 
Tom Magnetti appreciated that last week when you dropped like a cold hard fact and then you were immediately corrected. Draymond Jones is first. That's right? correct. Five and a half. Five and a half. Yep. Vaughn has four and a half, right? Correct. That's not second? No. Malik Reed. There you go. Five? Yep. Good. I'm glad that you're <laughs> I'm glad you're paying attention. Yeah. Good. You're like emotionally it feels like Vaughn is the It does feel like Vaughn is a second leader in sacks, but Malik Reed, I guess. Yeah. Bradley Chubb has been hurt. I'm really glad that Bradley Chubb made that play yesterday because he played pretty well. Uh, uh, he's got to boost that speed a little bit. He's got to score a touchdown there. Oh, man, he was 25 yards out. A running back caught him, right? He's got to score a touchdown. Big-time players make big-time plays. A, that Bradley was a big-time play. Big he play. jumped into the air and batted touchdown. it up, he and then he caught it. That was athletic. He even said after the game, he's like, I got to score there. That was, a, that was an impressive play. Really impressive. Defensive play of the year or not since they lost? Yeah, I'm trying to think about other crucial Justin well, Simmons interceptions. Yeah, Sertan in the end zone against uh, uh, Herbert or the pick six. No, Simmons, that was Simmons against Washington. Play, that was probably the highlight right there. What about the Sertan interception against Jacksonville where he kind of threw his feet down? That was a nice play. Nice catch, but not as nice as Not as nice, okay. Not as nice as Chubb. I agree with you. Great, and great Chubb play. Is, I mean, Shelby Harris better watch out. Best hands in the league. Oh, yeah. Shelby Harris played a nice game. Really, I, nice I do game. feel for guys when you know they go up to the press conference podium, and like Shelby Harris played probably his best game of the season. He, he had a most strip sack. Definitely did. He didn't even get asked about the strip sack because it just doesn't yeah. really matter. Shelby's got long arms, huh? Yeah. Well, he just blasted Carr. That he was, was really good that yesterday. was um, Derek Carr's. This is going back to Chubb. Derek Carr's third interception over the last eleven games against the Broncos, and two of them were last year in the finale. He's just. He's hard to force into Car? mistakes. And the Broncos forced Car's three much turnovers. Than, than people give yeah. him credit for. And the Broncos forced three turnovers and they still lost. That is. Yeah. I think I saw something since the start of 2020. This is kind of like a Phil stat. I'm not sure if it's right. I'm not sure if it's true. Since the start of 2020, only four teams have won the turnover margin by three or more and lost. Yeah. The Broncos have two of those. How? Eric. They didn't wow. score as many points. That's probably that's probably what it was. Yeah. Hey, you got any more questions? Well, I there? think we have one from perhaps Brandon from in Iowa. Iowa. We uh, got a few more minutes. Yeah, here Brandon show. wants to know what glaring area do the Broncos need to improve to make the playoffs? Kind of talked about that a little bit. I think we talked about that. The, the Offense, quarterback, quarterback. The scheme a little bit, maybe. Oh, here we've got one from Rick from Albuquerque. Is that Rick Owens? I don't know. Is Rick, Rick Owens from Albuquerque? I'm he wants sure. to know, what does the future hold for Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater? That's kind of what I was trying to get at, really. Oh. That's what I was trying well, to get at. Should we go all the way there? You want to go all the way there? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I have to finish I, this beer first. Yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would say that for Drew, that was a positive game in terms of being able to do what coaches asked you to do now the, the problem is is like should coaches be taking the training wheels off him and just say you just go out there and be drew lock and let it rip because we've seen what that looks like we have seen that and we've and 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 we saw yesterday a drew lock that was prior prioritizing 
prioritizing. Yep. Not holiday ale. Yesterday's so, Drew, Sunday's Drew Lock looked a lot more a like lot 2019 Drew Lock in he terms can win of a lot of games that way. But he, he can win a lot of games that way. You can win a lot of games that way. If if your playmakers around you make a couple, just like we talked about, if you make some of those catches, you're talking about a different game. When Drew doesn't turn the ball over, he's pretty good. Yeah, but I don't. I think you need. I think you still need more, like to consistently win games. I, I'll say yesterday the Broncos did not play complimentary football. Okay. When they turn, when the defense got a takeaway, the Broncos did not build on that momentum because. In reality, that game should have gotten away from the Raiders. Yes. You know, like the, the momentum was, should have just continued to compound and the Broncos should have just dominated. And there was never that sense it was going to happen. That never happened. Here's a question. Did the Broncos stick with the run too much? Oh, no. How many times did they run it? Like 18 times maybe? Yeah, maybe not even that many, 14 yeah. or 15. But it, there were times so. when, like, they'd get a big play through the passing game and then on first yeah, down they'd, they'd run kill. it and get stuffed. And, you know, I don't know as much as an offensive coordinator. I don't know as much as these people on the field. Sometimes. But, but I'm kind of thinking, like, remember early in the year, Dallas versus Tampa, when yeah. Dallas realized they couldn't run the ball? That was the first game of the season, not yeah. just earlier in the year. Well, it was earlier in the year. Yeah, but it was the very first they game. They realized they couldn't run the football, and they just threw it Abandoned. every down. They're kind of like that, though. The, the Cowboys are like yeah. that. But to, I almost wondered, like, hey, should you just put this game in Drew Locke's hand? Because Drew Locke didn't throw the ball that many times, right? Yeah. I think they only have, like, like 40 offensive plays. He threw it, like, 20 times? Yeah. That it, The way you watch that game, I would have thought he threw it 30 times. Yeah. Not the case. So, I, uh, Drew Locke, just kind of like a, from a factual standpoint, Drew Locke is under contract. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is not under contract. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Didn't you feel like playmakers got the opportunity a little bit more yesterday than we've seen the previous few games? Yeah, I think that that's fair. But I mean, that was the case. I felt like yeah, he Judy got was ball. more involved. Of course. Sutton had the big fourth down play. Albert O had the chance. Fain had a couple of catches. But when it, you know, like you see that and you're like, okay, this is a step in the right direction. And then you look at the scoreboard and you realize that yeah. they scored six points. Yeah. Or, you know, you look at the, the time of possession or you look at the number of plays or the yeah. third down and you're like, yeah, well, not good enough. what does it really matter if, like, Jerry Judy got the ball a few more times if yeah. you're one in ten, one for ten on third down? The third down killed him. Let me ask you this, like It Eric. felt a little more exciting, but then you look at the numbers and you're like, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Because I thought that as I was watching, I was like, could Teddy have pushed the ball like this or would they have pushed the ball? And the answer is probably yeah. not. Oh, you don't think so? Because he did, Teddy does take some shots. They just but, missed on him. But I, I just think that like the maybe the plan's a little different if Teddy's in there. Yeah. Some shorter passes and maybe gain some yards. Teddy's good at finding kind of a profit sometimes. Are you okay? Yeah, the, something flew in front of my face. I'm like a ninja. Yeah. But then you look at it and you're like, okay, well, you know, Teddy's had more success more consistently. What were you going to ask me? I was going to ask you, why do you think the wide receivers weren't running to the sticks? Because on second down, oh, I'm sorry, on third down, it seemed like a lot of times it ended up being like fourth and very short. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's an attention to detail thing from the wide receivers. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's play call. That, those yeah. are all three. Those are the, those are the three options. 
It's either the player, the coaching, or the play call. This is a game of details, Eric. If Jerry Judy runs the route to the sticks on one of those, they get a first down and they keep the chains moving. Got to go Court. a little past the sticks and then come, come back, back to the ball. Yeah, it's like where you get hit, they'll and it hits yeah. your like you should be past hits your little sticks. tummy for the first time. They'll yeah. generally give you that spot. Yeah, if it's even close, and Jerry's Forward was clearly progress. not close. Yeah. The other thing is but that there was a few, not just Jerry. There that happened well, a the, few times. The Cortland catch, he's short of the sticks, and then you have to realize if you're Cortland, if you just take fall, the hit, fall. Well, yeah, if you well, but even if you don't fall, if you just take the hit and you're pushed backwards, That's they're going to give you that spot. Cortland turned around and tried to work back to the line, which I know he's trying to make a play, but when you do that, you reestablish where your forward progress yes. is, and instead of fourth Changes. and inches or fourth yeah. and one, it's fourth and three or four. And now you kick the field goal, you miss it. And there was some question about that. Yeah. That's kind of what we were talking I, about with game operations. That's got to be a little bit smoother. Yeah, I don't. That should be a little bit smoother, don't you think? Uh, well, you should got be some smoother. thoughts? I, yeah, I better not. I better not. I don't blame Vic Fangio for that. When this thing shuts off, uh, then I, yeah. we'll have the real. I, <laughs> no, I'm just That's not a. Yeah. Apparently on the broadcast, you could see Vic Fangio with 30 seconds left yes. on the play clock signaling for the field goal. So you think B-Max should just go out of um, the game right now? That's a long field goal. That's 55 well, yards. Well, he'd already made a 55-yarder, kind of snuck it in there. That one, first one snuck in. But it, this one wasn't even close. Yeah. And clearly he was not – something wasn't ready. Yeah. I don't know. B-Mac from, from just I, – I didn't see him on that play. Normally – as soon as there's a fourth down, B-Max he's halfway, out, he's halfway yeah, out on true. the field. That's true. He's ready to rock. So, I don't know. Here's a question for you. Oh. Put you, uh, put me on the hot seat a little bit. You put, put you on the hot right seat. On that. I love put you the right hot there. Seat. Yeah. Let me I crank it up. Let me crank very it up. Well. Who is more likely to be on the roster in week one, Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? 2022. Uh, more likely to be on the roster? Yeah. I would say Drew just because Teddy is not under contract okay. this year. I will say this, though. I think that Drew is probably better as a starter than as a backup. Got it. If you want, like, Drew to just be Drew and let him be who he is and and the playmaker that he wants to be, I think that his talents fit a starter a little bit better than they do a backup. You could just – I'll say you could just sense this from him. Drew wears his emotions on his sleeves a lot. Yeah, and and having been around him for three years now, you could you get to know the guy a little bit. You could just tell Drew is a little different this week. Yeah, no, you know, getting all the all the reps out there at practice, getting to, to be the guy. And he said even after the game, like, said I needed this. Yes, he, he was said like, I needed this in my life. life. Yeah, I and love like, that. He was just like leading the guys and that kind of thing. You could just tell that he's an alpha. Eric. Yeah. Backups don't tend to be that kind of alpha guy, and he's that. And it's true. whether or not Drew is be- is good enough to be a starter and lead a team to where it wants to go, that's a bigger question. But he just fits the profile of being a starter more than a backup. But I will say, just because he's under contract, more likely to be on this roster because I think that Teddy, having had a career year here. He's probably this offseason thinking, okay, this is my time after playing my best football 
this is my time for a football team to really go out and show that they really want me. Yeah. I'm not sure if the Broncos are right there. Yeah, I don't know. I think the only reason maybe it could be Teddy is if the Broncos go rookie quarterback, you're going to want a veteran there to maybe start the year, to be that sort of role model. If they draft a guy. Yeah, Yeah, if they go rookie quarterback. And just because they don't have a veteran under contract, it could make some sense just to bring Teddy back since he has familiarity with the building. He knows... You know the players. Yeah. You know, is it like he has a connection to George? Like he hasn't given any indication he wants to leave. So no, you, you would have no, no. to re-sign him. But I, I, Teddy kind of profiles as the guy that would be a good mentor for somebody. Yeah. To me, I, it I, depends on what direction the Broncos go. Well, but but even if like at one, if there's a rookie quarterback, I don't know that Drew pairs well with a rookie. Yeah. The, the other thing is, if you go and get a veteran, at that point, if it's a trade, is Drew included in that package? Do you send him somewhere to get picks to help that done, to help that get done? I don't know. I, I mean, well, let me ask you this. Let me put you back on the hot seat. Yeah, back on the. Does it feel like Drew's going to be a franchise guy here in Denver? No, I would be surprised at that point. If, I would be at this point if that happens. I'd be That's not a shot on Drew. I mean, it, it's hard to be a franchise guy. There's. There's five of them in the league, or ten of them in the league, where you're really and, like, this guy is the guy. And the other thing is that Drew does not have the luxury of having a fifth-year option. No, so, time time is not on Drew's side. Correct. Here's here's one other thing that I thought was interesting. A fan tweeted at us or me and said, um, if you were going to go, se- you if you were going to go seven and eight, you should have just started Drew the whole year, Ooh. because now you don't know what you have from Drew, Ooh. and you're not making I the think playoffs. You know what you have from Drew. I think it's very easy in retrospect to say, oh, we should have started Drew the whole year because we're 7-8. and eight. They started Teddy because he gave him the best chance to win. And if a couple games go your way, you're in the playoff mix. And so yeah. I don't think it's fair to say no. that like they made the mistake that, by going with Teddy. They, they thought they could get to the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater. They yes. almost did get to the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. If a game against a, a beaten-up Cleveland team goes the other way, if you if – you, complete one pass in the end zone against Pittsburgh like this could be very different there's three games in my mind that determine this Broncos season okay the Browns game yep uh the Bengals game and then of course this Raiders game not the Eagles game I don't think so because if Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble you probably score that touchdown and win the game when we talked about it that week we were talking about the Eagles like they weren't that great of a team yeah they are they have a better record than the Broncos you you still got to beat those teams yeah, at home, the Broncos have not looked like a different team at home than at, on the road this year. I would they agree with that. Not looked like at home they were unbeatable, and on the road they had some struggles. I, w- I would say That's not been the case. a good improvement the Broncos have made is that they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat yes. generally, which in the past few years has not been the case. They took care of business against those teams, those bottom tier teams. Probably should have beaten the Browns that game. Yeah. I mean, if Teddy's not hurt in that yeah. game. He's banged up in that one. It's tough. He's banged up. I I think my overall thought is that a couple, like there are some teams in the league, Phil, they're not even close. If the Broncos make a couple Broncos key moves, they make a couple moves. They're really close. They're close. I'll say this. They they should have been a playoff team this year. Wow. And, and they're really close to being like Super Bowl contenders, if you ask me. Wow. Because I... I, when I think I when say. I think about it, 
I don't know that they should be a playoff team. No, they should have been a playoff team this year. Okay, but this defense is is like top three in the NFL, like, uh, and this offense has a potential to be much better than it showed. They should have been a playoff team this year. They should have been. Ba- they should be better than the Chargers. Oh, you they think they should be, be better, better than, than the like Chargers? The Patriots. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because the Patriots are in a very similar situation. Really good defense, rookie quarterback. The they have Broncos the, have, they have a the greatest head coach of all time. Yes, but they're in a very similar situation. See, to me, I don't think they should be better than the Chargers because the Chargers have a franchise top five quarterback. Yeah, but their defense is not as good as the Broncos. No, it's not as good, but still talented. And, yeah. And the Broncos beat them already. I mean, they, they did. And they could beat them this Sunday, too. Anything's possible. And the Broncos could still make the playoffs. I'm not going that far. Eric, do you have any more questions, or should we wrap this up? Let's see. Sorry to look at my phone. People don't like that. You don't. Oh, I think we got some more. See, I kind of look at the questions, and then they came in late. keep it casual. Okay. I think we got time for one more. One more. Oh, no. Okay. You get to pick the question, okay? Okay, okay. We have one from Miso Soup. I love me so. Do we keep Fangio and hire a new OC, or do we get a new staff altogether? A little scary for you, probably. I don't think I want to answer that. And then from from HSJ Jansen, what are the key positions that the Broncos will have to look at in the draft to get better? Oh, let's go with that one. (laughs) Perfect. I think we already started with the other one. So I, you know my rowboat. And we want you to be. You we want you to be here in 2022 as well. Do you know the rowboat I analogy do. I made? Yep. That's what I, I think that answers the other one. Uh, uh, this one, the key position, I would say, Eric, it depends. If the Broncos go out and get a veteran quarterback, then they're not going to have a first round pick. Well, they have some positions to address yeah. in the draft. I would say O line. Oh, okay. If you go out and get a premier quarterback, you got to protect the guy. Okay. So I would go O line. O line's been pretty good this year. If you, Bobby Massey's been pretty good, but yeah. I, I would address that position. Right tackle. Okay. I think so. If you don't do that, I would say pass rusher is the prime primary. Bradley Chubb, uh, you're hoping is going to be healthy. So not a quarterback as not draft a quarterback. I don't, yeah, I guess you got to get a quarterback. Nothing matters until you, you find a quarterback. A quarterback. I guess you got to get Nothing okay. matters. If you don't get out, uh, go get a veteran quarterback, then you got to get it. You draft yeah. one. But, Eric, let me ask you this. Let me put a spin on the question. What if you don't really like the quarterbacks coming out this year? Do you just say, we have to do something? Or, or do you say, we'll figure it out and we'll go another year? That's the, that's the question. Because there are classes where you know, like, there's going to be four or five guys you Joe like. Burrow. There's going to be somebody there's that somebody. you like. There's going to be a veteran that you can get that you can like. This year, it's possible that you don't if like you can't guy. trade for somebody, you might not like a veteran. You might not like anybody in the draft class. We don't know what George Payton's thinking. He I might he might love one of these guys yep. that is going to be available. Right now, the Broncos have the 11th pick. So, realistically, maybe you get to... Really? 11 yeah. again? Yeah. This has been a weird year. Maybe like, you, so close to the playoffs, but still 11. Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of teams cramped in there. Yeah. If you lose the it's next fun. two, if you lose the next two, you could end up with a top 10 pick. 
Do you like seven teams making the playoffs? I think it makes it more exciting. It is. It, it's, it is exciting. It's what it's bad for is the second seed. Yeah. Because you don't get a bye. Yeah, of course. And also, but it makes those teams play all the way through the regular season. Yeah, it's good for the NFL. It's good. Um, but you know, say you're at eleven, that gives you a chance. You could maybe get up to like four or five, yeah. three. Like you're in position if you wanted to go up and get somebody, you could. You so could. you could make a move. And this year, there's no there's no Trevor Lawrence, so you can probably get up and get the first quarterback. Like if you say you decide yeah. Kenny Pickett's the guy or Matt Corral's the guy or. You know, yeah. Sam Howell doesn't seem like he's going to be the guy, but you, you find someone you really like. Hey, let's go up to three and be the first person to take a quarterback. You Sam can do Howell it. Sam Howell may have suffered from uh, losing all of his talent. Yeah. Maybe he himself is really talented. It's, it's possible. But anyway, the, we don't know what they think about these quarterbacks. Yeah. And so there is a chance you could just have to run it back in 2022 with a similar production like and hope that you're – I agree. It's better. That that Eric. that would be the hardest sell to the fan base to yes. say watch another year of the because same thing. I'll say this, Eric. George Payton, if he drafts a quarterback, is going to be attached to that guy. That's how the NFL works. Yep. You attach to this person that you drafted, and if you're not 100 percent sold, you don't make the move. No. You he cannot. Didn't, he do didn't it. do it last year with Fields or Jones. Yeah. And Sertan, Sertan right now looks like the pick over really Justin good. Fields, who, as we've mentioned. That's who people wanted. You can't go back and say you should have taken Mac Jones because fans were clamoring for Justin Fields. Mac Jones. Yeah, you're not a fan. I I haven't seen it yet. I'm just yeah. saying, just pump the brakes on it. But I, that that Patriots team is really good around him and really well coached. Yep. I I think when you're when you're a fan base and you have a young quarterback, you at least like if you lose a lot of games. You're looking for, like, flashes from that guy. There's something that you can have some excitement about, like, we'll be better the next year. Yeah. Drew Locke, for as kind of, like, polarizing as he's been, yeah. he's brought that to a segment of the fan base for three years. Yeah. Where they're like, let's see what Drew Locke has. That's the exciting part. Yeah. If you don't have that young guy and you don't trade for somebody that makes you good right away and you just kind of stick with the status quo, hey, it's hard to we'll sell. still hope they do well, but it's going to be a tough sell. Yeah. So... Eric, I think that it's uh, it's time to wrap up this show. I think so. We talked a lot about some negative stuff today. A lot of takes. Hot seats. A seat. lot of hot takes. I think that we just got to – it's just – Time to wrap it up. Yeah. There's still two more games to go. Let's see what goes on. We'll be back on Thursday, and we're hoping for that miracle. Broncos got the Chargers, and we're hoping for the miracle. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to break it down. But uh, this has been another great episode at the Farm Home. Right, it's official now, right? It is official. We're at Breckenridge Brewery's farm home in Littleton, off Brewery Lane. We're off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. Um, what did I say? Littleton. A great time. We're in Littleton. Yeah, yeah. I think I said off Littleton, off Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. That juicy IPA These juicies. They get into. They'll get. They'll get you. Uh, but yeah, it's time to wrap up the show, Eric. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to break down this Chargers game. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to. The, the Neutral, neutral zone. zone.